You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Clap, 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 clap your hands and stomp your feet. You're listening. You're listening to the Clap Your Hands Podcast. Hosted by Elliot Shore Parks and Kyle Newbeck. Here they come. Radio 94 WIP. It's a midday show. Hugh Douglas, Joe Gillio. You guys with us. 215-592-9494. Coming up, 1230, the Daryl Morey press conference. I think it'll be uh, certainly the most interesting uh, presser he's had since he got here. He's had dealt with some stuff, but this is a this is a lot as we enter the offseason with the Sixers losing again in the second round and a whole bunch of stuff out there, including replacing Doc Rivers as the coach. Let's go to the uh, guest line here. Elliot Shore Parks. He's calling in. He's brought to you by Cozy Jewelers. Step up to the fifth seed. That's color, cut, clarity, carrot, and Cozy. Elliot, how are we doing today? Elliot. What's going on? How you guys doing? So, Elliot, right out the, out of the gate, do you want to blow this thing up, man, or what? Of course not. It would be utterly foolish to blow it up. And, Joe, I'm ooh, actually ooh. disappointed. Me and you are normally on the same side of things. This is probably the first time we've ever really disagreed on something. I think it's perfectly okay to feel emotional about how this season ended. Game seven was one of the most disappointing losses I can remember watching, but you can't make decisions based off emotion. And the reality is when the dust settles, the Sixers are one of the best teams in the league. They were one of the best teams in the regular season. They have one of the best players in the league and they lost to one of the best teams. And that's disappointing, but they almost eliminated them in game six and then they lost game seven. So unless you have a plan that's going to make this roster better next year, I will go into next year happily with this roster and just hope that next time they, they, they you know, D'Anthony Melton makes two more threes in game six and they're still playing. Yeah, and I, I understand your point, Elliot, and, and what you're saying is not wrong. But a couple of things stand out to me. One, it's just I've reached the point where I don't believe they can win a championship with Joel Embiid. And, I, and then James Harden, I, I, I've never loved, but I, I just don't think they can win it. So once I've reached that point, this is the only option I see. Like this, I feel similar than I, that I did – a decade ago when the process began. Now, these are higher-profile players. They're better players. Obviously, Embiid and Harden are better than what they had then. But I don't see the path to a championship. So, like, that's where I'm at. Where Now is the time. Like, they're a fork in the road. If they go down this path again and it doesn't work, the value they're going to have on these players is less. Like, this is the time to get out of these contracts and move on. And, Elliot, the other thing, and you, I heard you say yesterday, Mark Cerise, and you're right technically, they went to Game 7 with maybe the best team in the NBA. But, Elliot, I, I don't believe that series was as close as we think it was. The, the, the average win margin by the Celtics was about 20 points per game. The Sixers won by about four points per game. Like, there are a couple late shots from an overtime or from get, losing in four or five. Like, I don't think they're close. That, that's really yeah, but, where – I think that's where our disagreement comes from. I don't think they're close. So, look, you can look at the series a number of different ways, and really it depends on how you want to look at it. Because you could also say – that, you know, Jason Tatum was pretty bad that series up until the last five quarters or really the last few minutes of the fourth and then all of the uh, – 
seven. Right. Marcus Smart carried him both that series, right? I mean, he did not have a great series. So when when you look at that series and you say it's not close, Celtics fans midway through game six were sitting there going, we're never going to win with Jason Tatum. They lost in the finals last year, and he was bad. And here he is once again. It's game six, and he only has two points. But what happened? The, the, the game turned around. Tatum got another chance. And now all of a sudden, Tatum's a cold stone winner that everybody would trade for a beat. But that wasn't the case six days ago. The Sixers were, were title favorites six days ago or something like that so while I get your point that the Celtics probably had more showing of dominance in the series the Sixers beat them three times the series was four to three so there's not a huge gap between these teams so how do you justify the performance that that both Joel Embiid and James Harden put in in game in game seven you can't justify it it was unforgivable it was a terrible game but the reality is what are you going to do what are you going to trade and beat for? What are you going, how are you going to replace Harden? If you want to give me an idea of what you're going to trade and beat for that is a good trade, of course I'll listen to it. Because I think, you know, much like the Eagles say, it's smart to listen to every offer. But I don't think there's a good and beat trade out there. So he's going to come back. And then with Harden. Well, well, hold on one second. Why wouldn't there be a good – if Embiid is as well, good as we one. make him out tell to be, why – but, but, Well, just put him on the open market and get the like, – shouldn't the packages come rolling in? Yes, you will get packages that are going to be draft picks, but draft, that, that's slowing it up. And, and also, with the way the lottery is today, draft picks aren't even as valuable as they used to be. When Hanky did the lottery, the process thing, you know, 10 years ago, it was if you had the worst record, you got the best odds. We saw last night, you know, I think Houston had the best odds. They're picking number four. You know, so it's, it's not the same. Draft picks, to me, the idea of getting three draft picks and three pick swaps for Embiid it's not enticing. I don't think there, there's a very slim chance you will end up getting a player as good as Embiid. And then when it comes to Harden, the, the, the cap situation, the way it works out, if, if you let him walk, you can't replace him. So what we're really talking about here is do we care if Joshua Harris spends more money? And I don't care. I, I want him to go over the cap and to keep James Harden. I don't want to give him a max deal, but it doesn't impact their cap space. So I really don't care at the end of the day how they bring him back. He was really good for them this year. And they're probably swept in that series if he's not on their roster. He single-handedly won them two games. So I think there's a bit of revisionist yeah. history, too, on how good he was. So I agree with that. Um, and, I, and I think you and I see the uh, Harden thing similar. Like, if they are trying to win next year, they, might, they just have to kind of keep him, right? Like, it, it, I, I want to yeah. blow it up so then it's easy to move on from him. But if they're trying to win next year, that's a different story. Then they're kind of stuck in, in bringing him back. Elliot, what did you make of the Doc Rivers firing? It's not surprising uh, that they fired Doc Rivers, but – what did you make of it, and what's your thought on among the names out there who you might want to replace him? I'm, I, I'm not surprised they fired Doc. We could debate whether he deserved to be fired. I think that he actually did some good things this year. Clearly, the the move the Celtics made where they added the extra big men, Doc couldn't adjust, and that's one of the reasons they lost. So I was okay with firing Doc. When it comes to replacing him, my advice to the Sixers would be, look how the Eagles do things. Look how the Eagles, Eagles hire head coaches. And the all, I think the last four coaches that Jeffrey Lurie has hired, they've not been retread head coaches. They've not been old head coaches. They've been young guys that are motivated, that maybe are on the, the, you know, the list of the top five candidates or whatever. But what they end up being is the, uh, are the best coaches almost every cycle he's hired. So when I look at the candidates, I have no interest in Mike D'Antoni. I don't want Monty Williams. My choice would be Sam Cassell. I think Sam Cassell offers a lot of unique things compared to the other candidates. I think he's young and motivated, which to me is crucial. Mike D'Antoni does not need to win. Sam Cassell 
needs to win. But also Cassell helped develop Maxi, former player, point guard. So my choice would be Sam Cassell. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, he's certainly a possibility here. Um, Reddick and D'Antoni are my two least favorite names out there. Do you think the Reddick thing has any legs? Because I'm just blown away that his name is even you know, wherever, just out there anywhere. Yeah. I, look, if they hire J.J., I will thank the contact gods that they did it. But they'll never, they'll never win anything with him as head coach. I, I, if, if J.J. hadn't stabbed Embiid in the back during the MVP thing, I think maybe there would have been a chance because he was close with Embiid when he was here. But when J.J. came out, and I think he voted Giannis for MVP, you can, you can kiss that goodbye. I, I would be stunned if they hired J.J. Redick. So, so my question to you is this, uh, Elliot. What if James Harden decides to opt out and go back to Houston? What, what do you think the, the, the Sixers are going to do if that's, that's the case, since you want to run it back? Yeah. Well, so if James Harden opts out and goes to Houston, I believe at that point they only have the $12 million mid-level exception to replace him. So it's going to be really hard to do that. At that point, and you can do this anyway, but you try to trade Maxi and Toby, see if Dame Lillard's willing to leave Portland. I'm not a huge Bradley Beal fan. I think he's really fallen off the last years. He's a potential option. Uh, Zach Levine out of, out of Chicago, uh, he's on a, a max long contract, maybe the Bulls would have interest in taking Toby on since he's an expiring deal. But if Harden leaves, yeah, you have to then – you have to trade because a roster of Maxi, Toby, Embiid, and the mid-level exception is not good enough. You have to go out and get another star. Elliot, uh, Maury is going to speak today at 1230, and it, it feels like he's the one guy that has, has just been a, above the criticism for what's going on. Obviously, the players are on the court. They didn't play well. They get roasted. Doc gets fired. What do you think about the job Maury's done since he got here? My biggest criticism is it just doesn't feel like he's had any original idea since he got here, right? Like, he was been married to Harden forever. He brought in Tucker. He brought in Melton, who he once had in Houston. It's like now the D'Antoni thing out there. I just – I thought he would kind of, you know, have a different – Maury 2.0, but it just feels like Maury yeah. 1.0 in Philadelphia. What do you think about the job Maury's done? The job he's done is interesting because – on one hand, I agree with a lot of what you're saying. There hasn't been any moves that I look at and go, wow, that's super creative and out of the box, and I can't believe he did that. On the other hand, the team is considerably better than when he got here. I, I know now people are down on the team, but they were one of the you know, top four or five teams in the NBA this year. I think they have way more shooters than they did before. The team had no shooting when they lost to the Raptors and the Hawks and you know those playoff losses. So I think that the, the, the shooting on the team is way better. The James Harden trade, because of how Ben has turned out in Brooklyn, you could argue that was still a very good trade. But, you know, it, it's, not a, it's not a trade where Harden, he's not a young player. So there's that downside to it. I think this offseason for, for Maury is a crucial one. I don't want to hear that there's not much he can do. You're not being one of the highest paid GMs just to sit there and go, well, the cap is what it is. He has to get creative. He has to go find role players. He has to make this team more athletic. So I think overall, he probably deserves a C for the job he's done here, but he has to have an A off season at this point because of what they're paying him. 
Elliot, um, so Doc Rivers gone. You talked about your idea for the next coach. As far as Harding goes and the reports out there that basically he got Doc fired, what do you make all this? I mean, it, it feels like Harden has more pull in the organization right now than, than Embiid. Um, I don't think I, I agree with that. I, 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 would, I would have fired Doc anyway, so I think he was probably going to go. If Maury did listen to, to Harden about that, you know, again, everyone's down on Harden now, but Harden's one of their best players. And I think we would all agree they should listen to Embiid about what they do too. So if Embiid really did want to keep Doc, and Maury went out and fired him anyway, that would be a mistake in my opinion. But I just find that extremely hard to believe that Maury, who has been in this league for so long, knows the value of stars, knows that Embiid is a more valuable player right now than Harden, would go specifically against the wishes of Embiid just to bring in Harden. But also remember that originally, before they hired Doc, Embiid did want them to hire Mike D'Antoni. He was a proponent of, of, of hiring uh, D'Antoni at that point. So maybe this is something where Embiid is mad he fired Doc, but ultimately will end up being happy. I do not think Maury did something against Embiid's wishes, though. That would be my guess on it. All right, Elliot, let's end with this. Because I, I think just gathering what I've heard and, and listening to Clap Your Hands podcast when you're on Mark Cerise, you just view this loss differently than, than most do, certainly than I do. Like, how long, how much longer do you give this? Where, where the result has to be different before you think differently about their potential for the future, right? Like the second round, second round, second round, you still think there's a chance they could, they could flip this into a title-winning team. I, I've given up on that. Like, how many more years do you give the yeah. Embiid thing to, to prove itself? I mean, the simple answer is until there's a better option. If you can tell me a better way to win a championship right now than have a top-five team in the NBA with the MVP of the roster, then I'm all ears. I'm not married to Embiid emotionally. I'll trade Embiid if you have a better offer. But, but to how long I'll give it, I can't really answer that. Like, this year they lost in the second round. I don't view it as a second-round loss. They lost to the Celtics. If they were the four-seed this year and not the three-seed, they're still playing because they beat the Knicks or the Heat. We're not talking about them as a loser. Stock still has the job. So I think this year they got a bad luck of the draw in the second round. And they lost, and that's disappointing. But this is not losing to the Hawks. It's not losing to the Raptors. It's not losing to the Heat. The Celtics are a really good team. So how much longer will I give it? I'll definitely give it next year. And next year, you know, I'll see how that plays out inside of that point. But I'm not letting, like, years, the past years, which is a very different roster, impact my decision. Elliot still has hope. I, 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 